gospel lesson this morning comes from Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. And I'm going to ask, if you would, to please stand as you can in body, mind, and spirit as we hear this reading of the gospel. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. And then he began to speak and taught them, saying this, Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Would you pray with me, please? Gracious God, open our ears that we may hear your truth. Open our eyes that we may see your kingdom. And open our hearts and minds that we might know the cries of our brothers and sisters who are hungry and hurting and sometimes even dying without the knowledge of your love for them. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together be pleasing in your sight, O oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer. And all God's people said, Amen. Friends, for the next three weeks, we will, we're going to be dipping into the Sermon on the Mount, perhaps the most famous extended teaching from Jesus that we find in all of the Gospels. And in fact, some people have suggested that Christianity is nothing more than a 2,000-year-old effort to find loopholes in the Sermon on the Mount. But it doesn't have to be that way. This week, we're going to look at what are called the Beatitudes, the first part of that sermon. Someone once said that in all of the furor to post the Ten Commandments in courthouses and on city lawns, that perhaps what we ought to post in our courts of law would be the Beatitudes instead. Blessed are the merciful. Might read differently on the wall of a criminal court, don't you think? But then we couldn't do that. Some would argue, some would argue that, that that would simply be impractical. It wouldn't fit in that place because it's a place of law and not a place of grace. And that's just the problem with the Beatitudes, isn't it? They're not really practical. And some would argue that they are impossible. How in the world are we supposed to live up to that kind of standard? It's not within us to capture all these elements, no matter how great our desire. So do the Beatitudes function like the law? Do they simply show us how far short we fall from what we are supposed to be? Do they layer guilt upon guilt on us so that we turn in utter despair to the Savior, confessing our 
our complete worthlessness. Now that's how some folk have presented these verses, as a measuring rod for entrance into the kingdom of God. But if that's true, then why did Jesus introduce each verse with the word blessed? Now actually the word in Greek is merakoi, which can also be translated as happy. You've seen that before. Happy are those who do this or that. It could even be translated as blissful. And it doesn't seem to me that Jesus would set us up for layers of guilt and then use the word blissful to describe a condition that we can't reach. So maybe these aren't law. Maybe the Beatitudes are something other than a challenge to better living, or as some have presented them, as a psychology of happiness. Maybe they are something more. What if Jesus began his teaching ministry with a word of encouragement instead of an impossible standard for us to obtain? In the previous chapter of Matthew's Gospel, before the Sermon on the Mount even begins, an amazing number of events transpire. Chapter 4 begins with the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness, where Jesus declares the, the kind of Messiah that he intends to be to himself, to God, to Satan, and to all of us. Then he returns and calls together the community of followers, followers within which he will work his earthly ministry. And finally, he teaches and heals and draws increasingly larger crowds. And then chapter 5 lets us know his teaching. But in between the wilderness and the calling of the disciples, he makes this statement, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And repent, in this case, isn't shame on you, but rather, get on board, turn around and follow me. So what if the Beatitudes were a snapshot of the community of faith instead of a measuring rod? What if Jesus was saying, blessed is the community who makes room for peacemakers? Blessed is the community who makes room for the meek, for those who hunger and thirst and after righteousness, for those who are poor in spirit. Blessed is the community who makes room for those who mourn at the brokenness of the world, who is unstained by the impurity of the world. Blessed is the community who knows persecution is inevitable and still decides to make room for those whom the world thinks are unimportant. Jesus was getting out the albums and inviting us to look again and see who we are, see what is among us. He was opening those folders that we had forgotten and was showing us our true selves. Now sure, there's a call here as well. I'm not going to dismiss that. But it's not an impossible call because it's already among us in the community of faith. We learn from one another because we are gifted. We are blessed in different ways. At the beginning of the week, I had a visitor in the office who wanted to talk about the sermon from last week where I invited us to let our light shine. And bottom line is that they wanted to know what making our light shine here at McFarland might look like. And my response at that time was that maybe that's a discussion that we need to be having with the leadership team. 
But after thinking about it over the past week, I believe that it's a discussion that we all need to be having, not only with our leadership team, but in our Sunday school, in our informal meetings around the lunch table, in our informal prayer groups, or when we come together to work and prepare for the free store or choir rehearsal. Basically, it's a conversation that we need to be having each and every time that we come together in whatever form that manifests itself. So let's take a look at our community of faith. And as we do so, we might just find how blessed we truly are. Now, some of you may be thinking that we're too old or we're too tired or our health is not where it needs to be so that we can be involved in a ministry of evangelistic outreach to the community. And I say this as someone who was sidelined Thursday and Friday with a backache so severe that it hurt for me to get out of bed. And honestly, with Charlene out of town, if it hadn't been for my little dog Shay pestering me to let her out, I probably wouldn't have gotten out of bed if I could help it. So I can see where some of you might be coming from with those thoughts. But those thoughts can be self-defeating. In fact, they are self-defeating because they focus on scarcity. They focus on where we are lacking. But they don't focus on the abundance of what can happen when God uses us through the talents and gifts that we've been given. If I would add something to the Beatitudes, I would add this. Blessed are those who have found their passion for helping others, for they are helping to bring the kingdom to reality here on earth. The folks who help out at the free store have found a passion that, that lives out the prophet Micah's admonition to seek justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. Their work seeks to offer Christ in service to those around us who are in need. And the same can be said for those folks who volunteer to keep the food box stocked over at the elementary school because this blessing box is truly a blessing to someone who is hungry and in need of some of the ready-to-eat staples that we provide. We are blessed through our worship ministries to have people who can sing in the choir or who have an eye and a flair for design who can make our worship space a pleasing place that points to God. We are blessed by individuals who have the gift of hospitality and who are the first to step up and reach out to our homebound with a visit or a word of encouragement, who step up when someone is sidelined with an illness or a hospitalization or a death in the family, and they coordinate meals to help tide things over for the family as they deal with whatever situation is at hand. We are blessed by having folks who reach out to the schools and find ways to be involved in their needs. And these are just some of the ways that we as a congregation are blessed. And when we realize that we are blessed, we can be a blessing to the community through our outreach to the, to the community of faith and to the community at large. As we seek to find ways to share the light of Christ to a community that desperately needs to know that God loves us, that God cares for us, and that God is there for each and every moment of our lives, let's remember that it does not have to be hard. It doesn't have to be complicated. It just has to be real and heartfelt. Hopefully, we can find the areas of service that fit our passion and then we can simply live
live into Micah's call to seek justice, love mercy and kindness, and walk humbly with our God. For that's all the Lord requires of us. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We invite you to visit our website at mcfarlandumc.org to learn more about our church and the ministries that we provide to the Rossville and East Lake communities around Chattanooga. May God's blessings be yours.